Hello, and from strength, fight. That's how elites say hello, according to the nerdy language guys in Halo Declassified. And welcome to another edition of Forward Unto Quan. I am your host, Tyler Monaghan, and as always, I am joined by our spectacular co-hosts, Megan Watt and Cicero Holmes. As always, we have a fresh episode of Halo, the Paramount Press paramount plus streaming series to discuss but first let's get our weekly halo universe fandom fix today in honor of a special episode in in this week's uh halo the series we're going to be talking about weapons so uh cicero let's start with you uh do you have a favorite weapon uh maybe weapons combination um from halo you can go you know any anywhere in the halo games anywhere that you like uh you're muted Okay. Yeah, um, but I was <laughs> muted, so I will say uh, that I've always been partial to the DMR. Um, that uh, I, I was a Rainbow Six player back in the day, and so precision shooting was was something that that I loved uh, being able to like do that. The and DMR was the single shot rifle. Do you know which game that came out? I think it was three. Yeah. Yeah. It and was big, big and holy and, and, uh, and multiplayer and, and halo. Yeah. It was, th- it was either three or had reach. Um, I, I think that was also probably the first weapon where the reticle like changed in response so when you fire the the reticle gets bigger so like they, yes. they actually introduced i think for the first time ever in halo the mechanic of if you wait a little longer until your shot is like steadier you can be more accurate with the weapon right. that, that was a right. big change in the yeah gameplay. yeah um so yeah that was that was great to be able to to use that and uh show off my skill and my particular, my very particular set of skills, um, to show them off in that in that way, uh, so that that was fun, and and I felt like it was an evolutionary step in the way Halo's weapons were designed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how about you, Megan? Any favorites from whether it be campaign or multiplayer from any of the Halo games? Yeah, I felt like uh, I liked the pretty classic combos. Uh, you know, I liked the battle rifle, and I loved. Uh, hitting people with a plasma pistol and then shooting him in the head with a pistol just for a one, two hit combo. Um, I also was a total jerk who liked to no scope people with the, with a sniper rifle um, back in the day where my aim was impeccable. Did you yell no scope at them when you did it? Possibly. <laughs> I probably just yelled like, I'm a girl. And then like, ran away. <laughs> just, just to infuriate them extra. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love the, I think they changed it in the updated versions, like with the, when they remastered the graphics, but I love the original sniper rifle scope is like, like an oscilloscope waveform, like a sound Uh, waveform for some reason. And I never like understood what that was even like supposed to be like in the, in the first game. And I think they, like I said, I think they updated it and it's supposed to be like a night vision scope or something like that. Also, I remember the first Halo came with a paper manual uh in the game box for xbox and it described all the weapons in detail and the sniper rifle is like uh like it's like this ridiculous like 20 millimeter fin stabilized discarding sabo like like you know it's the kind of thing that could like easily just like blow up an entire car in one shot uh, were it to really exist so uh pretty Pretty powerful weaponry there. Yeah, I love I love that sniper. So their rifle. bullets are special bullets. Yeah, they're I very. Feel, 
yeah, very special. I, I feel like the sniper rifle from from Halo, the original one, was based on the rifle that they had in RoboCop. Uh, the, so the original Paul Verhoeven <laughs> RoboCop film in like 88, 89 or something like that, there was this this weapon that they had. It was a long range weapon that just had this ballistic round in it and it would shoot things in and explode them. Yeah, it's an uh, anti anti materiel weapon is yeah, uh, I believe. I mean, and that thing it. didn't have any recoil, if I remember. Right. It was yeah. completely yeah, unfair. No. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. I, oh, I loved that. Yeah. And that was like, yeah, I yeah, always thought from, that was a from clever the barrel end of it. I always thought that was a clever like design decision and it resulted in obviously very fun and like long lasting gameplay was to, you know, you're a Spartan, you're in this like nuclear powered suit. So like if anybody, it does sort of make sense, right? If anybody can control the recoil from this beast of a gun, it's the guy in the like nuclear powered battle suit. You know what I mean? And so I always thought they had a good way, like in the fiction to explain why you move and aim and shoot so smoothly without really ever any recoil, you know, other than what's intrinsic to the gun. As Vanek said, he's Master Chief. Yeah, yeah. what is it that makes him special? He's Master Chief. Uh, So I'll get around to my own uh, weapon favorite. So I'm going to pick kind of a weird one because Julia and I have been playing through the Halo games in the Master Chief collection, and we've just been playing uh, Halo 2. Uh, Really weird campaign uh, when you you play through it again. But uh, anyway, I've been really enjoying the beam rifles of the Covenant sniper weapon um and i think it's cool like it it has that mechanic of you can shoot two rounds like really quickly like bang bang if you want to but then it's going to overheat and you have to like wait for it to to cool down and so instead of the human sniper where it's a four shot magazine and the reload takes a while it's a different mechanic where you're kind of choosing how quickly you want to fire and if you're really sure of your shot sometimes it's worth it to take a double tap um and let the gun overheat but a lot of times like especially if you have a lot of targets you have to space out and time your shots and i'm horrible at that i can never do it it always overheats um but it's like a fun yeah just a fun little part of the the meta or whatever it kind of reminds me of like in gears of war when they had the act they probably still do the active reload thing where you time the reload and you can get a bonus for that it's just a cool like you know kind of additional layer on the normal you know, when do you want to reload type of gunplay um, that I thought was really cool. So, uh, all right, guys, thanks for that. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into our episode. Uh, so listeners, as always, if you have not yet watched uh, episode four of the Halo series called Homecoming, uh, then there are spoilers ahead. You have been warned. Um, so Megan and Cicero, let's jump into it. This week's episode uh, is definitely a little bit different as far as pacing, sort of a strange one compared to the other three episodes so far, I thought. Um, Unlike last week, we didn't see Maquis at all. uh, And Cortana was sort of a a minor supporting character in this episode. Um, But we will talk about her a little bit. But we had three major threads this week. Uh, First is Miranda Keys and the Silver Team Spartan Gang. The next is Quan and Soren and their continuing uh, quixotic quest back to the the planet Madrigal. And the third is John uh, and his entourage, so Cortana, Halsey, uh, Halsey's creepy assistant, uh, (laughs) back on John's home planet, Eridanus 2. So we'll we'll talk about each of those. um, But before we dig in, I personally felt like this 
like I alluded to earlier, was the first episode so far that really felt primarily like a like a setup sort of episode. Like it was really setting the table for other things and not a ton felt like it happened in its own right, other than maybe at the very, very end. Um, Megan, I know you in our text message thread expressed some specific frustrations about this episode that we'll, we'll get to. Um, but just kind of generally, where does this episode leave you uh, and kind of what are your general feelings as we're approaching I think it's nine episodes this season. This was four. So kind of the halfway point of the season, uh, Megan. Yeah, I had really mixed feelings because everything with uh, Miranda and the silver team and uh, John, you know, it was just so rich with halo lore. And uh, I I am just, I'm in love with the Spartans, all of them. Uh, I I love their relationship. I love their growth. Uh, I think, uh, is it Kay or Kai? Uh, Uh, Kai. Kai, okay. Um, yeah, I just, I thought she was awesome. Really awkward, but just wonderfully awkward. Uh, I I wasn't sure how I felt about the hormonal pellets uh, this entire time. Now that they're out, I think it's, uh, it's a, I don't know. I'm having fun with that. Um, We're going to, I just want to tag yeah. that Kai being weird. And I want to circle back to that later because it's driving Julia crazy how awkward <laughs> Kai is. But I think there's a method to her weirdness. But go ahead. Yeah. Megan. Well, I mean, with those really big eyes and just how, how big she is as a person, uh, it's, it's, yeah, she's got quite a stare. Um, and the suits do give them this strange, like their heads don't look like they're yeah. proportionate when they're in the suit their heads are too small I, I i love it um yeah and then on the other hand Quan and soren i i am just over it i've been over it <laughs> since the second episode um i i thought maybe at least this time maybe she'd run into mckee maybe the resistance w- would be something maybe we'd see her step up uh it was so infuriating watching her kill all of her loved ones one by one with just irrational teen angst. Uh, I, at this point, Thorne is I, like I, incredibly I, patient, right? Like, oh, oh, it's insane. I mean, I can't, I can't believe he didn't ditch her. Um, I, I think Vincer, uh, Vincer, Vincer, Venture, uh, Venture, yeah. Venture. He, um, I, I think he needs to walk his naked cigar smoking butt out there <laughs> and and just killed a lot of them, and so we can just have the Halo team. That's those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I do think I don't know personally. I kind of think we're getting there sooner, sooner than later. But uh, so kind of a mixed, mixed verdict um, from Megan there, Cicero. How about you? Uh, so this was the first episode where I felt like the budget didn't help them. Um, where uh, where I felt like that there was some 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 lifting that that money could have helped them move through the narrative and it didn't. Um, So you talk about uh, Kai's pellet removal in that scene. um, There's a patch on her back where, well, you know, first off uh, uh, Riz comes in and is like, Hey, are you okay? This is a hot topic online from what I've seen. Right. And Kai's and Kai's like, Oh yeah, sure. I'm fine. But she's like, you know, she's got this gaping hole in her back and the Spartan, you know, this trained killer assassin doesn't notice anything. I don't, um, I, but she doesn't react. I don't think she, it's yes. correct to say that she doesn't, she doesn't notice. notice that anything. is true. That is true. That is true. She doesn't react. Um, but, uh, but 
what also happened, what I reacted to was the fact that on Kai's back is clearly a patch on her back where they've penciled in where the wound is. Um, so like they just, and it just wasn't adhered to her back well enough for it not to look like the obvious okay. prosthetic. That's that a hot was. take. So let's jump into our first topic, which is Miranda right. and the silver team. Uh, so, okay. so any, you know, all of this whole part of the episode that takes place on reach. So we've got um, basically uh, Spartan Kai dying her hair with uh, right. gun grease uh, yes. on a bit of a whim after removing her emotional pellet. We have the, the scene that you're referring to, which I guess people are really loving uh, people are it's becoming really infamous how many butt cheeks appear on this show from, <laughs> yeah. from what I've skimmed online mean butts yes. um, and you know I guess we'll stick with the interaction between the members of Spartan team right now because I do agree that was an awkward scene um, f- for me I think they're doing a good job of reminding us how awkward these people are these are not <laughs> people with a they're not even people with a sibling like relationship. Right. These are these are military tools um, right. who are right. human drones to. Yeah, exactly. They're trained to work together right. in order to do that. They have to have a familiarity with one another, but they're not intimate um, and they're not comfortable talking about anything outside of the normal right? Like scope of military operations. So I, I picked up the weirdness, but I, I perceived it a little bit differently. And as for the patch, I really think like they showed Quan in the first or second episode has a similar one on her eyebrow. And I think they've just decided that um, band-aids in the future are, are transparent. I think there's probably some meta gel going on there okay so um, so you so you're saying that she's she's already removed it and has applied a bandage and that's what we saw so i watched the scene like six times actually so does, because, yeah, me too. Um, to, <laughs> me it was, to me it wasn't clear whether when riz was there kai had already done the incision or not and it, because there's mm-hmm. a cut that that right. makes it seem like maybe riz walked in when kai was about to do it um, looking back, I, I don't think that's the case. I do think right. what we're seeing is Kai has already done the surgery right. on herself and has yes. patched it with a transparent patch. And so what okay. we see is a transparent okay. outline with blood and, and stuff right. underneath it. Um, fair, fair. Okay. Okay. All right. That, that definitely makes a lot more sense than my own head cannon, which was, oh man. They're just doing a really shitty job of uh, of special effects now. They just gave up. Yeah, but I I do think yeah there were a couple of parts in this episode where yeah. uh, particularly a couple scenes on Madrigal actually yes. for me where yes. it it did feel like you could kind of especially watching the episode more than one time you could kind right. of recognize like okay we're on a soundstage you know right 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 um, yeah. Um, but but I I did I did very much enjoy uh, the fact I, like I'm I'm curious about if I'm curious as to whether or not we'll get to Kai's motivation for removing the pellet because um, because we felt like I think it felt to me or at least it was supposed to be this is what I took from it was that. The removal of the pellet w- w- for Chief was instigated by everything that he had went through on Madrigal with the artifact 
um, and him questioning himself with these memories that he's received. Yeah, so he like that, wanted well, more of those memories. Right, so right, exactly. So that so the, out, he'd be able to right. feel them. Yeah. So the impetus yeah. was um, there's something there's something else going on in here. And then he talked to Soren, and Soren told him about that that ship, that pellet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you know one plus one equal two for him, but all we got for Kai was she saw that Chief removed it, and then he got Cortana. Yeah, to me right? that that makes her a super wild card, right? Like she's right. the reason we can't have adults as Padawans because when you're not guided and you're just doing this, you know, just right. to experiment with it, I think that could i mean they've made it abundantly clear these are trained merciless killing machines they make fun of grunts in this episode how yes. grunts beg for mercy when the spartans engage in battle with them and vanek's like it's pathetic you know what i mean right. that, <laughs> that thing too where she's like it it means needler but it could yeah, also mean me. oh shit don't kill me right. <laughs> correct <laughs> I died. I died. Oh my god! That entire scene, I was. Yeah, that's that scene was, was fantastic. Killing. So let's yeah, let's it. move over yeah. and talk about that. I think you, we saw this interesting. There's clearly a budding, you know, and we predicted this early on that that um, Silver Team and Miranda are going to kind of end up being allies. I think it's starting to be an open question to me whether Silver Team sticks together or whether there's a split among the members, right? Um, between Team. Uh, Halsey Senior and Team Halsey Junior, uh, or, or Team Miranda <laughs> Keys. Um, but you know, I we'll we'll see where that goes. But for now, I I thought uh, obviously we had a couple of uh, really interesting scenes. We have Miranda sort of realizing that the Spartans are a treasure trove of linguistic data in her quest yes. to understand the Sanghaili language, um, and we also have a little bit more of some kind of personal moments, some of which are, are I thought, pretty funny. I like when the Spartans walk in and she just says, wow, uh, <laughs> so big and imposing. Uh, and there's another moment where Kai, uh, talking about something Miranda said about her childhood, goes, that must have been difficult for you. And Miranda right. is so visibly uncomfortable with anybody trying to uh, you know, give her Comfort. therapy right. in, front right. of, in front of others, <laughs> and let alone a Spartan. And her reaction is just, I, I mean, I got a kick out of it. I thought it was really fun. Um, and, and then There's also- impeccable the, acting from all fronts there. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And like also that, the, that the Needler scene that we mentioned. The, oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, I thought it was really interesting, like like the way the other Spartans go along with Kai being super weird. Like it's clearly not professional of her to to be like, no, ma'am, I'm not going to put down this needler. It's fine. Instead, right. let me like describe to you how it rips open organic <laughs> flesh. And the other Spartans just stand there, emotionless, and like fire make and little forget. contributions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can get the fire and forget. It's like, oh, thank right. you, Vanek. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's you know when you talk about uh, predictions and like whether they're going to stay together or not. I I sure hope they do because sure. and, and I'd like to just go ahead and predict that they will only because I really hope that they do. So I just kind of <laughs> want to win this on all fronts. Um, I just I, I love their loyalty to each other. The way that you know I mentioned earlier the um, what what makes Don so special. He's Master Chief. Mm-hmm. that's right it's just no question to them and the fact that they they don't question each other they just you know even if they're a little bit hesitant about you know like you said that riz was just kind of looking at kai like uh, right. what, what these are not people here? who dig deeper um, yeah i i think 
I mean, they, they have been trained and, and brainwashed from youth to work as a unit and that Master Chief is their leader. So I think if anything that they're just questioning, oh, is Master Chief doing this? Then I should be doing it too. Right. Uh, right. And then, yeah. And that's a good point. I, I don't think they have loyalty to Halsey ultimately. I, I don't, but that's just, yeah. I, I what, what what will be interesting will be to see if what Kai says about keys rings true. That the fact that you know will will the the rest of Silver Team look at at Miranda Keys as a sibling, as a sister. Now maybe you know maybe she's not a Spartan, but she's definitely Halsey's daughter, right? And they feel like Halsey's their mom. So why wouldn't they protect her? like they would the rest of the Spartans because she is family. And let's dig into that a little bit because I was really uh, fascinated by when the Spartans kind of are sitting down and they're, they're talking about their pets, right? Yes. And we know yeah. that Miranda Keys is somebody who uh, refers to her own mother as Dr. Halsey um, right. and has just openly expressed a ton of uh, mistrust and, um, you know, past bad history there there's bad right. blood between them um and uh dr halsey isn't somebody that miranda feels <clears throat> that she can trust or is loyal to nevertheless when the spartans share their story of how in spartan academy and i loved that at the beginning of this episode we got a flashback to spartan academy and uh chief mendez who's their trainer and i hope we mm. see more of these flashbacks but i think we will during spartan academy uh the the kids were given pets uh so Kai and Riz, one of them had a cat, one of them had a dog, I think. Um, yeah. Vanek had a pig, <laughs> right. Ivan, that they nicknamed Ivan the Terrible. Yeah. And when the kids would lose one of their missions that they would be sent out on, they would have to kill their own pet. Um, Vanek never lost a mission, and so Halsey killed Ivan the Terrible, uh, Vanek's As pet. an aside, reminder, this is when... Uh, Kai was like, we did have fun, and this was right. her example right. of fun. I thought yes. that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I fun. We all had pets and murdered them. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, times. I, I think for Miranda, you see this unlocking, right? Of like, oh my gosh, it's not just me as her daughter, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not just that she doesn't care about her her child, her biological child. It's that right. she is a sociopath and a monster, you know? Right. Um, and I thought that scene did a lot of work, um, you know, for everybody involved. It, it, it reveals some of Dr. Halsey's character, but it also is so revealing in how the Spartans relate to uh, emotions and, and connection um, and trauma around those connections, right? Like right. you don't, you don't pick up any hints of, wow, that was messed up. We're sad that we had to do that, right? It's just sort of like, I don't know, today's Tuesday and, and that's what we did when we were in Spartan training, you know? <laughs> just sort of the facts, at least definitely for Vanek and Riz. Um, yes. so uh, well, I, yeah, I wonder also, um, well, two things I wonder is, so Miranda Keys is presumably younger than the Spartans, Yes. That's a really good question. I would I would kind of picture them to be around the same age. The, same the Spartans age? should probably be a little younger than they look. Um, mm. Like like according to how they're right, like how right. you make a Spartan, 
they should yeah. be pretty like adult in stature um by the time they're like 10 or 11 mm. um so uh also miranda is a doctor so right. she's got to be somewhere she's in her a, 20s she's a genius also so and the daughter of the oh, yeah right, right who knows what kind of strings yeah. got pulled there but yeah. uh yeah i don't know they the spartans certainly do seem older like like when they talked about like oh we're kind of sisters i th- right but right. but psyche wise the spartans are really Younger. infantile yeah yes, so, absolutely absolutely yeah. but yeah so uh, like I, i'm just trying to figure out like i'm trying to picture from from miranda keys's perspective right like or are the were the Spartans around before she was around? I have to you, imagine that part of the story is that when Doctor Halsey should have been around for her small child, you know, right. I'm not I'm not saying like she shouldn't have had a job, right? But right, she probably should right. have like maybe made an effort to stay on the same planet. Instead, she was going around recruiting other little kids like John right. from Arrhenius yeah. too. I, I don't. That's like a total guess, but it all fits, mm-hmm. right? It makes right sense. absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah. So I, I, yeah, I wonder if Miranda uh, through through that story, right through this the story of of the, the the Spartans and their you know murdering their pets when they had fun, um, and and the realization that Megan just came to was like you know like oh yeah, uh, Miranda isn't the only one who's experienced trauma at the hands of uh, uh, of, of Halsey. Um, if Miranda will also start to feel that mutual kinship with the Spartans that, you know, that they have also been quote unquote raised by this, by the sociopath. Right. So that like, even so whatever, whatever their worldview is, it has been, has been formed as a result of, uh, or, or informed as a result of, of working directly with, with um, Miranda so I mean, well, not with Miranda, with Halsey. So like, I, I wonder if Miranda will wind up um, generating some some love and and uh, affinity for the the Spartans from that perspective. Right. I mean, yeah, it's different than what we talked about before, where you feel like there's going to be this natural affinity between right. like the Spartans and Cortana because right. they have like literally, you know, they're so detached from their like actual humanity. I don't think that's really the case with uh you know with with miranda keys but yeah definitely there is this uh, kinship miranda doesn't quite seem ready to go there yet but definitely like a, a sympathy um and an empathy there all right great well while we look forward to uh seeing the growing relationship between miranda and the rest of silver team uh we can't leave our show's namesake behind Quan uh, Ha, she made it back to Madrigal in this episode. I don't think we'll talk too long about this because we don't want this to turn into a diatribe. I think all of us had our, our pretty clear issues with this part of the show. Um, but Quan does make it back uh, in Soren's care to try and find what's left of her her father's uh, supporters who are loyal to you know the the, the free people of Madrigal and not uh, pawns of the UNSC. Uh, I think her clothes are still spattered in blood. She plays it the exact opposite of cool, uh, literally removing her hood to identify her friends loudly by name in the public square while standing next to her own giant uh, holographic wanted poster. Um, she goes to her dad's memorial service and 
starts yelling about the people there being traitors, which is probably not super helpful, um, you know, for anybody who who did want to sort of lay low uh, and was loyal to her father. Um, and then, you know, that that gathering is subsequently broken up by security forces. Um, that was the only part of this storyline that I liked was seeing Soren very calmly let Quan do the wrong thing, uh, very calmly uh, beat up like two or three security force guys. Uh, Quan now has their little uh, shocky stick thing. Uh, so I imagine she'll get a chance to use that soon. Um, but then, you know, they get away, uh, you know, they get attacked by this other weird assassin from the neighborhood, Franco, in, in a weird scene who shows up uh, to, to get her mission from Venture while he's in a pool uh it's just all very strange and we sort of we sort of leave them uh still stuck on madrigal um not not really a clear path off of there so like i said i don't know how much more there is to say about this but uh megan your, your kind of thoughts or, or hopes of how they can maybe salvage or redeem this from here yeah i don't no, I mean, like I said, I was hoping that they would at least run into McKee because then maybe somehow it would connect back to the story, uh, the relevant part of the story. It it didn't. It continues to be irrelevant to Halo as a whole. I'm not exactly what, what its service is. You know, a lot of times TV shows will create a character to um, that doesn't exist in whatever original thing that they're doing in order to... Uh, explore parts of the universe like in the expanse for instance um avasarala is a character that pops in up now and then in the books but in the tv show they make her a central character so that they can show you what the government is doing um behind the scenes and it it lends a lot to uh the lore and the overall exposition i have no idea what kwan is for uh besides they had her in the beginning and don't know what else to do with her and I found the the difference between her scenes and then it, it would uh, go to John walking around his home that those cuts were so jarring. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're planning on doing and I'm not sure how they could redeem it. Yeah. Cicero, did you feel similarly? Similarly or? Um, yeah, for the most part, I, 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 I want to believe again that the writers have, they have a plan, right? Um, the the Ty and I watched Battlestar together. Um, they had a plan, so I, I want to believe these writers have a plan. <laughs> I'm sorry, did they? <laughs> right, <laughs> they lost count of the number of Cylons. That's, yes, <laughs> they literally were like, "Oh crap, Listen, Sharon we, is we, number eight. We right, need a seven. Uh, right. <laughs> oh my gosh, Ugh. This, that used to be my favorite show. Oh man, oh, man. they uh, let me down. Yeah, so. Yeah, so yeah, I I want to believe that the writers have a plan that you know you're not going to introduce this character, uh, Quan, uh, and and make her, I mean, part a, a central part and a, a central and essential part of the first episode and and you know for for much of the second episode, uh, and then just kind of like not user. So I've got to assume that all of this stuff is leading somewhere. I can't really predict where it's leading, but I, I do, I do want to believe that it's leading somewhere where I do think part of it is going is she picked up that shocky thing. Um, and we haven't seen McKee yet, but we do know that McKee is going to Madrigal 
and McKee uh, has a history with the shocky thing. And that, McKee thing, has right? a like, history with that shocky thing. So you know, oh, all she knows of hu- yeah. right, all she knows of humans so far, right? Like, is they all got shocky things? Right, right. Is is that like the kids? The kids read books and they kiss because it's in the in the book. Got to right? do what the book says. You got to do what the book says, uh, especially when you see that word. And that the adults run around, they're dicks, and they want to shock people all the time, right? So I, you know, I've got to imagine that if they run into McKee and uh, the shocky thing comes into play, then uh, or it, or at least is shown that McKee will look at them as as enemies as well. Yeah, um, it would only you know only go to to strengthen her resolve the, against the against humans the more we're talking about this you know remember my key promise mercy the prophet mercy that she would bring him not only the artifact but also the demon's head so yes. she's gonna kill john yes. uh, so uh, adding these things all up i'm thinking we might be getting to the end of soren's either uh lifespan or um you know being a good guy who is actually protective of Quan sometime in the mm. next episode or two so that Maki can can use Quan to get to, to John. Get, to get to John? Sure. Yeah, that's sure. that's well, uh, I mean, as we're talking you know, about. Look, yeah, Soren has got Soren's got loyalty to John, but you know, it's only to a certain point. He right. just lost his he just lost his favorite ship. Um, because well, that's a big deal too. I mean, he's right, right? like he's a pirate. He pirate, lives right. on an asteroid. Like it kind right. of seems like you know, yeah, yeah. And he's he's he hasn't really made that big of a deal of it yet, right? Like the fact that his ship is gone. Yeah. Not only his ship, but his favorite ship. Um, so presumably he has other ships, but that's his favorite ship, right? There's none none other like it. Um, the other part is that yeah, like. He didn't, in my opinion, he didn't do enough with Quan. Like he, he left, he definitely let her have her agency, but, but, but there's, you know, like there's wisdom in, in trying to temper some of that agency for people. Like you don't need ignorance on fire. And that's definitely what we saw with, with Quan and, and Madrigal. Any attempt to temper her though, really super backfired. So I think he yeah, realized being agreed. quiet was the only way to get her to me. I think a couple of individuals with some more uh, emotional intelligence could have realized that maybe treating this as like a, you know, approaching Quan as, as like a, Hey, let me train you. Right. Like right, I understand right. what you're trying to do. Let me give you some pointers right, right, right. on how to do so successfully. you know, something yeah, like that. I, yeah. I do agree that like, because the demeanor, the way that Soren has tried to, to, adjust Quan's thinking right, has not right. been productive. Right. Well, and, and, you know, to be fair to Soren, that's kind of like he, you know, he kind of lets everybody do what they're, they're doing on the asteroid churro plant. You know, the, the, the asteroid churro stand is everyone kind of gets to do their own thing unless you're in one of the crazy cages. Um, but, you know, and even they get to kind of do their own thing in the cage. But, but, you know, the problem that I had with it was that, you know, they were supposed to be, they, he he went through all of these precautions to keep them off the radar. He he parked way outside of town, right? Like he's you know what parking lot are we in? We're in like we're in the itchy Zumba, lot, right? Right? We're in Zumba three, you know, like we're way off the grid. They get into town, but then of course Venture knows they're she's in town. 
She he knows who they're with, who she's with. He knows where they've gone. Um, he knows where their ship is, right? Like all of the things, all of the things. He's got all of that stuff, you know, figured out. And uh, and they were trying. They were supposed to be stealthy, as stealthy as someone with Spartan armor could could possibly be with a with a wanted teenager. Yeah, and then she just walked in and started screaming, "Hey guys, what's going right, on in this right, right, colony?" Right, guess who's back? <laughs> yeah, the only thing that would endear me to Quan at this point is if she also screws over John. Mm. <laughs> right. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're like the only connection is that she's going to get McKee lead McKee to John. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Right. She already got everybody else killed. There you go. Yep. What a great person to have named our podcast after. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Speaking of our podcast, it's time for our uh, recurring segment, uh, Dumb Episode Reviews. Uh, In this segment, uh, we read a review of this week's Halo episode submitted by an IMDb user. So thank you, as always, to our random IMDb users for supplying the, the material. Uh, for this episode today's review is a little bit long a uh, lot bit dumb and i will hand it off to to megan to read this week's dumb episode review take it away megan yeah called so boring i started watering plants <laughs> why is this so boring i mean it's technically sci-fi but it just feels so much more like a teen drama it's properly a two-star show but mm. so many keep praising it and giving it 10 stars like it's bots or something <laughs> Don't okay. It seems the writers don't know sciences or biology right. as they keep doing stupid things and just hand weaving it away with more drama. Mm. Not only are Spartans nothing in this show, they are also highly emotional all the time, even with a implant or beat in the back that is said to remove them. It does not work properly because it isn't connected to any tissue as it pops right out with no effort. It's so dumb it hurts. Well, no, I'm sorry. You missed the part. It pops right out with no effort, no effort or surgery. Or surgery. It's yeah. part of the review. Yes. And it's so dumb. It hurts. It's the, yeah, the conclusion. Right. Uh, thank you, Megan. I just want to... Sciences. They don't just know. to clarify, right? The point of this segment isn't that everyone uh, needs to be a fan of the show and needs to give the episodes positive reviews. Um, but the point of this segment is just to point out something that we've talked about a couple of times, which is that the three of us in many ways seem to be experiencing this show very differently than a lot of the popular what you see on the Internet fandom is experiencing the show. Um, I just read another write up today uh, by, by somebody who I read, uh, Paul Tassi, who writes a lot about Destiny. Um, and yeah. usually I, I feel is pretty uh fair and and thoughtful guy but he was just complaining about he's like i just don't think it's a good decision for them not to be wearing their armor and we had this baffling thing in this episode where he puts his helmet on for 20 seconds only to only to take it off again and and i just uh it's just so interesting to me i don't think about that at all i'm glad we get to see our protagonist's face (laughs) yeah it's bizarre to me what they have problems with you know i come in talking about tropes or you know just standard writery issues or just you know if you take it at face value things you'd point out with any show right yeah and and they're putting their fists down because that guy just keeps taking off his helmet Right. Like real, I, can you not enjoy it then? Just because every time he takes off his helmet, you're just like, ah, I can't. And just, you know, it, it, you must be so hung up on these little details that you can't possibly enjoy it, even if you wanted. And I, the, it, here, here is what I will say to the helmet people, right? In the in defense of the helmet people. Oh yeah, let's it, get into it. 
in defense of the helmet people, what I'll say is this. They make a point of showing you, showing us the viewer of Chief taking his helmet off and on. Um, and like, you know, so like we get the shot of him taking, you know, putting his hands on on the helmet and then they cut away because it's clearly not him actually putting the helmet on and off, right? There's there's the shot of him like lifting the helmet off and then there's the shot of him grabbing the helmet or going to put the helmet on and then there's the shot of yeah, him because the physical the, hel- the physical prop is at least two pieces that right. have to, so the, right. the mouth part is separate and 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 then there was the shot when we get to his planet and we're you know we're driving on the warthog and I'm sure we'll get to it but he takes off his helmet after he's driving the warthog and he's holding the helmet in his hands very you know an iconic halo shot and they focus on it right um and so like it is my belief that you as a director want me to focus on the fact that he's got his helmet off and like, but why? Right. Like if you're, if you're trying to make it not a big deal, then just make it not a big deal. Right. Like sometimes you you see a shot, he's got his helmet on and then you see a shot and he's got his helmet off. So he's gotten out of the vehicle. He takes his helmet off and that, you know, and that's the end of it. I think it is very explicit uh, or the the way that it's, it's done because he took off his helmet because he's going back to his childhood home. I think yeah. wh- when he takes off his helmet, he's being human. When he puts it on, he's not being human. I think that's about as great rationale. Black and white as it gets. That's right. what great I assume. Rationale. Great rationale. Um, there, there are definitely times, and I, I guess we'll, we'll, you know, we're kind of talking about John and and his group right now. But there were definitely times when we were when we were inside his house where he took his helmet off that I think I would have preferred to have him keep his helmet on so as not to give away his emotional state at that particular time. I thought the shots from inside of the helmet were interesting. They had a little kind of like mounted maybe near like his ear sort of camera where you, they were trying to show his face and you couldn't really make it out, but the HUD and his kind of view through the helmet. And I liked those shots because it did seem like he was doing what you just mentioned Cicero which is like using that helmet as a shield right so he didn't right. have to show anybody his emotions but you can kind right. of see him experiencing that from inside yeah. the, the yes. little bubble yes. um, I he, just looked at it as like they clearly have some killer props and they want to give them their their screen time but uh, look, you, you guys yeah. explanations when are a little more when, sophisticated <laughs> when you know when he's in his and he's got the armor on and the helmets on it, it's it, it looks like a live action version yeah. of the video. I mean, game. personally, it's, it's I would like him to be wearing his helmet more because he looks awesome. Right. But right. is it going to ruin my experience with the no. show? No. 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 But yeah, um, every time he puts it on, I do get a little bit giddy. Well, this is a great uh, segue into our last topic of the day. Uh, So Cicero, as you mentioned, we've already been getting into it, but um, with uh, Cortana's help, John starts to remember a lot more. Cortana kind of gives him an AR projection of his childhood home uh, inside of his helmet. Um, And he he really remembers a lot more uh, content and detail to his dreams or, or visions or memories that he's been experiencing. First is that he recognizes Halsey in his childhood home. This does not jive with uh, Halsey's story. 
that they met after John was evacuated off planet because of a biological th- quarantine plague type of thing. Um, so lots of suspicion there. And I will just use this opportunity to say I loved speaking of the helmet that moment where John sees her in his memory and then takes off his helmet and then just gives her the silent treatment and walks and he kind of brushes past her and you can just see uh, the anger and betrayal on his face and he's not quite ready to Pablo Schreiber does it. a lot in very subtle uh, facial Mm-hmm. movements I, i'm very impressed with how much he can tell exactly what he's feeling for being an emotionless spartan who's not speaking yeah uh, you know for a stoic person it's always difficult to pick an actor that can nail that and i, I he's doing such a good job mm-hmm. and uh, we also saw i uh, just wanted to mention dr halsey doing some coin tossing uh predicting with john yes. which is yes. uh to me one of the most corny parts of the halo lore or fiction that part of halsey's attraction to john is that he's lucky and can correctly predict coin tosses um sometimes it seems to be related to superhuman like reflexes and observations yeah, sometimes it seems it to be related to luck um but well, cortana mentions in one of the games too that that's what makes him different is luck and uh, cortana, so I, I was pretty happy that they put that in there because to you know to paraphrase uh great jamie fox character she not halsey Right. <laughs> uh, so if Cortana says it, usually it's a pretty good representation of how Halsey feels about something. But the second other big thing, the, uh, John's discovery that his memories sort of lead him to is he seems to have found artifact number two, uh, the bigger piece of, of the artifact that somehow interlocks with the artifact that he has already found. Um, it does seem based on some glances that were exchanged between Halsey uh, her assistant guy and Cortana that very soon Cortana is going to be asked to uh, take over a bit more of John's consciousness, uh, maybe uh, take a little bit more of control of him and his identity. So because he's getting a little too close to the truth, um, maybe that was just my read on it, but uh, see, what did you think about this whole series of revelations yeah i think i think some decision points are coming um but uh i I wonder i question whether or not cortana is going to be compliant with halsey when when it's time to actually execute that order i i think what we're we're starting to see with cortana is a little bit of her own personality forming um and that she is starting to break with Halsey, like that she's, she's developing um, a level of empathy and, and almost sympathy for John um, and what he's been through. Yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, as she gets to inhabit more of them, as she gets to discover more about him and see how much he was manipulated in, you know, in, in his entire maturation by Halsey. I, I wonder if Cortana is, uh, is going to make the decision to to break with Halsey or to break with Chief, and and or uh, will she broker a piece of of sorts to allow Chief to continue to be Chief, and and for Halsey to be okay with that um, because Cortana is around. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think it, what's what's funny is we didn't get the Covenant at all, you know, outside of discussions and and some audio clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this entire episode, but the biggest villain was still on the show, 
Um, because as you know, clearly it's Dr. Halsey. And then, you know, the number two villain, the number two villain may have been Quan, but I'll, I'll say that the number two villain was, was, uh, was venture, but I don't think venture is long for this world. Um, but, uh, but Halsey definitely is. Yeah, that's a great, I'm, uh, you, you just got me thinking about venture and I have a feeling we're in for one of those, um, Remember in Inglorious Bastards when they shoot Hitler like 75 times and then they yes. pull him up with dynamite and they're like, wow, this is incredibly gruesome, but like it's Hitler. So like, right. yeah, like I think we're I think we're kind of going for one of those with Venture, like something. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be the, the worms that make up the hunters again or, or right. what, but I think something bad. Oh, maybe we'll see the little plasma sword uh, oh, yeah. tool that Bucky has again. But I think Venture is something like you don't build a guy up to be that evil. Uh, to you can't be wandering around in a bath by yourself with a fat cigar right. talking about assassinating a kid. Yes, yeah, was <laughs> without a gruesome, it. horrible yeah. death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Megan, your kind of thoughts on where we're going with all this whole, yeah, John and and his memories and yeah. Well, artifact. I have the same feeling as Cicero that the Cortana, the looks that she was giving everybody especially john in the house seemed to be um empathy that uh she she was definitely looking at halsey like oh, i'm not sure if this is the right way to go about this but also looking at halsey like i don't know who you are uh, i i think she she seemed quite touched by by john and his story uh and you know i one thing i wanted to point out too when um when cortana and john were heading uh, to the planet when they were s standing there looking out at the um, slip space and they have that great moment where Cortana, you know, over explains. Actually, the, the human eye can't perceive slip space. What <laughs> yeah. you're seeing is the like luminal fluctuations. Oh, of... uh, you're ruining it. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I loved that. I mean, that is the banter that I want. That's, I, you know, I asked for that last episode. I said, uh, I, I need more of that banter. And, you know, just hearing Cortana's voice is like a warm, fuzzy blanket yeah. to me. No, and I, I just, I think that her relationship with John is maturing actually a bit faster than I thought it would. Mm -hmm. And that breaking point might come very soon. Yeah. Well, that, that banter is courtesy of Quan also, because that's a callback to when uh when uh chief was explaining Juan tells the same thing to, to john to, right. to john when he's explaining slip space or fasten and light travel or something like which that. is good that they keep uh avoiding having to explain how slip space works so that they can yes. do things like having maquis take a completely indeterminate amount of time like a whole episode duration right. uh right. to get to madrigal you know well, i mean she i mean she could potentially be there right now right we so like we the one of the yeah, problems, potentially, one of, based on what one we of the see, I don't think she's going right. to stealth her way in. But yeah, you're right. Well, so one of the problems with sci-fi has always been that a planet is a city, and one biome. Uh, totally. Right, right. There is one biome on the entire planet, and um, and so when you go to the planet, when we get to visit the planet, we only know it as one place, and so so McKee could absolutely yeah, be there right. and, they, and they and they did allude to which was another weird thing so when when Sauron is 
is uh been told that his ship has been destroyed has been dismantled the guy who tells him is like oh i can take you to new anchorage town or whatever right whatever right. town he's he's naming these other towns that's where the spaceport is i assumed that madrigal city is the biggest city on the planet considering it has the name of the planet in the name of the city. They all call themselves Madrigal City. Right. But actually uh, Salvage Colony 034A. Right. But there is like, but there is no, no spaceport in the, in the city that is named after the planet. You know, yeah, like well, and right, yeah, that that does it, it is like uh, you know, just like we saw the salvage planet where my kid right. grew up, they're very clear this is a mining planet, right? This is like right. Arrakis or whatever. So it does make sense that there wouldn't necessarily be like a ton of like commercial or, or like tourist traffic, but you would expect right. there would be like a huge industrial shipping port for like right. if you're deuterium rich you, it seems like you're probably mining and selling we all gotta walk to it 200 miles that <laughs> way across right. the yes, desert right. yeah. and then yeah. uh the other thing was that was wild is is like uh kwan's like yeah no no deal unless you now go take me to to like go find and and he's like no the deal was that i would take you to find like the generals and then you like right. yelled at them and got you got them all beat right. like he tells her that and she just doesn't yeah so uh what i'm getting around to is this episode was sort of like asked i felt like asked for some patience um and like for me okay for one episode right like if this episode is leading up to but i need to see in the next episode like I don't like, I'm not going to say specifically like dictate what I need to happen. Right. But like these things need to start leading somewhere. Like it can't just be another episode of Soren and Quan treading water. Like they need to bump into Maquis. They need to bump into Venture. They need to figure out like, I need to be able to see some kind of trajectory where they can get their way, find their way back to interacting with the master chief. Because otherwise it's just like you said earlier, Megan, they're just there. And I don't know why we keep interrupting the story about master chief to go back to this story that feels really uh, tangential at this point. So uh, Maki come and save the day. Uh, I will say from watching, uh, the declassified after the episodes um charlie murphy uh is pretty incredible i have to say watching her talk about learning the sangheili language um and kind of recite some of that and how like into that process she was um was was really really cool um and like i mentioned earlier pablo schreiber said that her work this season was like one of the real joys or treats or highlights or whatever for fans so uh i i'm really you know, hopeful and I think optimistic. This show has has you know defied my expectations in a positive way, other than this episode with how it has been paced. Like it, it really gives you things, right? Like they made right. us wait for Cortana, but when they gave us Cortana, oh my gosh, did they give us Cortana, right? Um, and in general, I've been sort of surprised with like, okay, this is moving a little bit quicker than I thought. I was a little bit surprised to see Miranda start befriending Silver Team already in this episode. Um, so I am hopeful and i think optimistic uh and looking forward to our next episode uh, episode five of halo when hopefully 
we start to see the the battle lines really start to get drawn and the pieces really start to make their way um to to and where they need to be actual battle for that our final nice. yeah that would be nice you know, i want to yeah. see that needler actually get shot yeah, i want I, you know i want to see them there's in no way they can go through and describe it and not have it ha- that, that was right. actually a criticism i read budget wise they were like in this episode it's like how can you show the needler and not and not show it actually firing and i thought there's no way that that's the last needler we see this season. Right. Like, that's oh, a they keep talking about grunts and they're just never going right. to show this is all, up. Right. It's all a tease. But, yeah, no, but I, I, yeah. I totally, I'm still totally with you guys. I'm on team uh, second to last episode. We get yeah. a battle with tanks and grunts and needlers right. and rocket launchers and it's going to yeah. be insane. I'm on team. Give us a little tease battle before that. Right. You don't want seven episodes of exposition. Uh, yeah. Well, I was really when, dying for the action. And, and this episode, I, you know, I was a bit disappointed. You know, I mean, again, there was I, action, right? Not, you know, the, there was a shootout. Halo action. Not, you know, that's, that's what I'm looking for. And I know that was, that's what everybody's looking for. So, again, I am being patient. I do like what I'm seeing, but you got, you got to give me a bit of fan service. Come on. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh yeah I I I um I'm I am one I am one of the few that is willing to wait right like if you give me if you give me something that is completely kick ass and you've got a story that like makes sense and you're building up to the thing uh I I'm okay with waiting um but it is it is trying a lot of people's patience I think. Yeah, I, I think both. I would love to see a teaser where we see Master Chief go on like maybe a little sniper mission or or maybe do some area, you know, he's got to hijack a banshee and do, do something a little bit like that. But I, I still do like if if the end result is like we get to see, right, like if there's a Marine and he's like grabbing assault rifles off of a rack and passing them to other Marines as they walk right. by. Right. And there's like right. a muster bay of like tanks and warthogs. Like I will, I will have been fine waiting for that. Uh, I do think we will get a little bit more of a tease soon. Less uh, butts, but... more kicking butts. Ooh, nice. <laughs> There you go. Well done. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a great place uh, to end it. Uh, thank you so much, uh, as always, to our very own hierarchs, Megan and Cicero. This episode was produced by Cicero Holmes. Uh, we're looking forward to a new episode of Halo the Series next week, and that means we too will be back on Forward Unto Quan. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our show, and we will see you next week. Until then, stay non toxic, everybody. Mm-hmm.